Hello, this is the Growing Up Brit-ish podcast where we discuss topics through the lens of more than one cultural identity and celebrate being different. Hello, I'm April, Filipina, born in Saudi Arabia but raised in the Philippines and then I moved to England at the age of 11. Hi, I'm Leila, half Turkish Cypriot, half Bahraini Iranian and I moved to the UK when I was eight. And I'm Danielle, my mum's English and my dad's from a Chinese community in Vietnam. As a caveat before we start, we will be discussing sensitive topics and we'll be using commonly accepted racial labels. Our intention is to celebrate differences, but if you ever feel offended or you'd like to call us out on anything that we're not aware of, please feel free to send us an email at britishwithadash at gmail.com. That's britishwithadash at gmail.com. Every week we'll post three questions to each other surrounding one topic and share our own twist and experience. This week's topic is superstitions and cultural traditions okay so superstitions guys considering we all live in the uk i know we're all from like different cultures but it will be interesting to see how we all live our lives like slightly differently and this is something we wouldn't necessarily have picked up on because we don't live together so yeah and we don't talk about it enough Yeah. yeah so what superstitions were you brought up with and do you still practice them today um Mine are a bit random. There are a lot of things like from my from my Turkish side. So things like my grandma, we used to live with my grandma when we first moved to the UK. I think I mentioned that on one of the episodes. And one of the things she always used to tell me is like, don't cut your nails at night. <gasps> we have that too. Do you? <laughs> but I don't know why. Don't, don't go near the bed. That's not a thing. Oh, I don't know. That, what, while what? you're cutting your nails? Yeah, at night and not in the bed. Not on the bed. Oh, I've no never way. heard of this in my life. And this oh my is going to be so interesting. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know the reason behind it. I don't know either. I don't oh, know. It's just bad luck, isn't it? Um, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I think it's bad luck. And I asked my mum about it and she's like, yeah, she has no idea either. But oh. that is the one thing I remember growing up. She was, because I just cut my nails whenever I have time. I don't think about the time of day. <laughs> and even now, actually, I... I, I do sometimes cut them at night, but that's because it's convenient. Mm. Um, but it, so it's something I continue to do, but I'm conscious that I'm doing it. So like, mm. I will remember what she said while I'm cutting my nails at night. I guess that, I guess that's what's interesting. The fact that you never question these things, they're just sort mm. of there. And then, I don't know, like a grandparent passes away or you just don't, it never really comes up in conversation because when are you going to talk about cutting your nails? Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> and, then, and then you just realise, oh, I'm cutting it at night all the time. Why? And I, I don't understand. This is already, I'm like, whoa, this is so interesting. Yeah, mind blown. But, but also, yeah. it, it, it just shows how certain, like in certain cultures, your schedule, like your day-to-day living is like ruled maybe by convenience, whereas... If I like for me, it's just subconscious, like all these beliefs filtering through. I didn't even know about. Yeah. But it's not. It's definitely not convenient. It's just out of fear of dying or bad luck. Crazy. Is it still then? That that's the interesting thing. Like, do you still have that fear that something could happen, even though you know there's no? It's not based in like <laughs> science or anything. It's, it's, it it's not logical. Really yeah, exactly. It's not logical. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> when, I, when I go through my list. Okay. Um. Well, okay. So the others are um, something that they used to do as well. I think they still do is praying before bed or before going to sleep. Um, it's not something I do now, but 
it's something I used to do when I was younger, especially living at their house. Um, I would not go to sleep before saying some sort of prayer in my mind. Like I would just be lying there. I wouldn't do anything special, but just in my mind to God. Um, which is strange because it's not really something I believe in anymore. Mm. But at the time, I think there was fear that something would happen to like a loved one or something if I didn't pray for them before I go to bed. And I'm sure that must be filtered down from like religious beliefs of mm, my yeah. family. So kind of linked to that. I still I don't even realize I'm doing this sometimes. But when I get on a flight before it takes off, um, I don't know why this is something we used to do when I was younger. I don't feel like my parents like enforced it in any way, but we say Bismillah. You're supposed to say Bismillah like before you eat, before something major happens, like to suppose it's like to wish you luck or to make sure like God's with you. But it's still Bismillah, it still goes through my mind as the flight is taking off. And it's so strange because sometimes I don't even realize I've said it to myself, but it's almost like that comforting. Thing, that thing that I used to do that I still do mm. without necessarily believing in it it's really weird when I think about that the last time I was like I acknowledged it um when I was on a flight I was like why, why do I still do this I don't know I think it's a comfort thing yeah do you think maybe to some extent you might still believe it but you're just not willing to accept it Ooh. it's like an interesting because if you still say it Mm. On one hand, it could just be a superstition thing that if you don't say it, something might happen on the flight. Yeah. But then could on the other that. hand, on the other hand, the fact that you do specifically that, which is linked to your, that culture's language and religion, yeah. it makes me think that there is still some like religious or spiritual tie. I'm really interpreting, I'm going deep. I know, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe. I think the spiritual definitely or, or maybe yeah. it's something you do because it still makes you feel tied or connected to your culture interesting that, I don't know. but subconsciously it's like something i don't even think about it's weird you realized it and then you were like did you actually do you actually say it do you whisper it to yourself or is it more if you mouth it or do you just say it in internal monologue yeah it's <gasps> internal monologue style <laughs> just in my nice. head like to myself but again it's that maybe it is a superstition it's that fear of if I don't say it like there's no there's no harm in me saying it to myself so I might as well like yeah, just yeah. to like bless it's like a blessing isn't it to like bless this flight what about you guys um well we are a very superstitious nation in the Philippines and some of it I think came from Chinese culture so Ooh. i don't know if we're gonna have some crossovers here then yeah maybe not with mm -hmm. nails not with toenails <laughs> <laughs> toenails um, toenail specifically <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so, um noodles when it's someone's birthday or for new year's eve we need to have noodles because it signifies long life i know it signifies long life but I don't think we've had it every single birthday, but then I don't know because I, I probably at the time was so young that I was just happy that there was cake there. <laughs> <laughs> but is this noodles like you eat them or they have to just be present on oh, no, the table? No, you eat them. That okay, fine. Noodles are never decorative. <laughs> yeah, like, never mind a cake, don't worry. Don't worry if you don't have the cake, you've got to have noodles. That's a priority there. Um, interesting yeah and um like should we go to new year's eve now then because we have so 
much. We have so many. Yeah, New York, in New York, what? It's <laughs> a very stressful, can be a stressful affair because um, we have so many things that we need to like tick on the list. So we put cotton inside our purse or wallet Ooh. to bring up luck because oh. it's like cotton is light right so when you put cotton inside your financial year <laughs> you have worries i guess or it's like you're gonna have a lighter year sort of so it's do you still do that i've never heard of this before no I've me neither um, do you still do this now yeah because my mum does it so i'm like yeah might as well <laughs> hair, right? might yeah as well. exactly Apart from that, everything should be full, like rice containers, like water. Again, for prosperity. I don't of know if you um, Switch the lights on uh, throughout the, house, the whole house. Waste of energy, I know. I'm really sorry, environment. But it's only like for five minutes or so. Um, when I, love the whole you, day. I love how you said, I'm really sorry, environment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if it was a person. It um, is a person. I mean, let's uh, be honest. And then we... Sorry. So is this all day? Is this something that happens? So the, the rice containers need to be full all day. The water needs to be full all day. So all of this must be done as when the, the, the clock strikes midnight. So before, just before you can do it. So oh, going celebrate. into the new year. Yeah, exactly. So I see. Yeah. Um, and then we have to have a variety of round shaped fruits. 12 if you can. So you've got all the months covered. Again, it's... That is really cool. Uh, one thing I'll just reflect on, which I find really interesting, is the fact that you're talking about, like, I, I was just going to say our calendar. It's not our calendar, but the same calendar. So mm. it's not the lunar calendar. It's actually the calendar that we use in the UK yes. as well yeah. and yeah. around many other countries in the world. But we mm. have sort of like Chinese influence in it that most of the stuff we do, we believe we do this for, like, prosperity and long life and longevity yeah there'll be like, some of there'll be some of that that i bring up as well for sure yeah. like wearing polka dots what no i've not seen my photos no no okay i feel like i feel like we need to show the listeners i think there needs yes. to be a collage of your polka dot <laughs> okay. i agree well i stopped taking photos the last few years but yeah it's it's oh, what a shame i want to see this um, but yeah, again, they signify like money and fortune. So, yeah, because they're like little coins. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So that's for um, that's like just for New Year's Eve, and then we have so many like random ones. But we can move to Danielle's and see because since now we're on the topic of mm. like Chinese influence. Well, um, I wrote down the English ones that I follow. I such as not walking under a ladder yes op not opening an umbrella indoors Ooh. which i actually stopped doing because i feel that otherwise the umbrella is still too wet so it's best to open it and put it in the yes, back yes i do it too <laughs> i know someone told me it was bad luck once i don't know if i did it at work or something and but now i continue to do it because it just feels logical yeah Exactly. Um, so that's one that I've stopped doing, but I used to always follow. And my mum actually tells me off <laughs> if no I bring way. my umbrella inside and open it or attempt to open it. She's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, black cat is lucky. I see it as lucky, but actually mm. in the UK and in lots of different cultures, I think it's split. So sometimes mm. it's bad luck. I see it as good luck. What about you guys? I see it as bad luck. It's bad luck for 
actually I didn't even think about this one but earlier when I was speaking to my mum about it she brought up the black cat but we have one that like walks around our garden all the time and looks very cute so I feel I don't attribute <laughs> that negativity towards it <laughs> um broken mirror is I think it's is it seven years bad luck I made that up well, is it bad luck or bad, bad luck okay in in British okay or English I don't know um, what, when it's bad luck if you break uh, a mirror if you break not when you pass by a broken mirror no, no I don't know I don't know about that one I think it's if you break it yourself I think it's if you I've, break it yeah I felt that as well I don't know why I don't follow this but I feel like I've broken a mirror before and been like oh shit <laughs> okay I've got another one here um a bird pooing on you is supposed to be good luck I've had this before. Even though at the time it feels like really bad <laughs> luck. <laughs> Especially if it's on your head. Yeah, it's shitty. It's very shitty. But, but, <laughs> yeah, but maybe it's more like, oh, you've you got bird poo now. What what else? What's worse that could happen? <laughs> I've just thought of another one. Um, the bad things happen in threes. So sometimes if two bad things happen, like that day where my train was cancelled and then I laddered my tights. Oh, I was yeah. just prepared. I was so prepared for us that I was like, when is it coming? When is it coming? And then my train home was cancelled. So it was just like, oh, it happens in threes. Mm. I can move. I can move on now. This is like, I strongly believe in this sort of thing. I think so. And I don't really know why, because it's so illogical. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's almost like, so once the first two things happened, you almost like manifested the third one. Because you're expecting it. I know. Mm. It's like you believe it's going to happen and then you just make it happen. Then it happens. And what mm. if the fourth thing happens? Do you just not notice it? So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Watch out for the other two. <laughs> yeah, does it, does it keep going in threes? <laughs> Do you, can you have yeah. that bad of a day? On the other side of the spectrum, we've got... So strangely, one thing that I've realised is that I didn't write down any Vietnamese superstitions. Well, I didn't think I did at the start, but did some research and actually one of them, which mm. I think you'll find interesting, um, was Vietnamese. So on the Chinese side, we have my grandma <laughs> apparently said to my dad that the roof of our old house was too pointy. Okay. <laughs> it was a very pointy roof, but it was so it's like a typical house shape like the house that you would draw if you were a kid and my, my grandma just said it the roof was too pointy and that all the fortune would evaporate <laughs> sorry i shouldn't laugh at that <laughs> no it is really funny because it doesn't make any sense oh i love that it sense. it's like when you put something on top it won't be able to balance it's, it's just gonna fall either side <laughs> i can see it i can see it maybe it's it's maybe that Chinese kind of mindset thing is, is gone know. through to you as well. Probably like snuck in there somewhere about pointy boots. <laughs> um, I mentioned before about rice on the floor in the food mm. episode, but I actually got it wrong. So I asked my dad about it. Ooh. I thought it was good luck, but it is to ward off evil spirits. So you put uncooked mm. rice on the floor of a new house or. Mm. Yeah, and it's to ward off evil spirits. Have you got anything like that, April? Mm, I, no, I don't think so. Nothing around rice, know. Layla? Don't think so either. Okay. Um, not cleaning around the Lunar New Year because you're sweeping oh. away your fortunes or sweeping away your luck. 
this is yes i know is that, that is, we have do you have that as well yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. okay okay and now i'm going to go into numbers which i feel is going to be an interesting one because Ooh. i think there's going to be some overlap so mm-hmm. number 13 in english um i definitely feel a bit superstitious about that i wouldn't book a test if it was on the 13th really? and i wouldn't but i wouldn't i don't think i'd buy a house if it was number 13. really like friday the 13th that's worse yeah i think i would i'm aware of that superstition but i think i would do it anyway don't some people believe it's good luck don't know who those people are don't know because in chinese culture as well um it's it's unlucky but i'll go mm-hmm. through the other numbers that my dad mentioned number four um if it's pronou- so in Cantonese, if you pronounce the the number four, like how you say number four, you say it's well, it's, yeah, you sound say, but I don't know what the tone is. So mm. apologies to any Chinese speaking listeners and <laughs> Cantonese speaking listeners. Um, but in a different tone, apparently it sounds like death. So that is mm. one unlucky number. Um, a lucky number is number eight because it sounds like prosperity. Um, number fourteen. <laughs> which is quite funny um apparently it sounds like definitely death or definite death (laughs) oh no (laughs) so do you avoid 14 as well do people avoid 13 and 14 i this is the thing this is what's interesting i don't i only asked my dad about these i don't know about these but now i'm going to be aware of them and i'm yeah (laughs) maybe i shouldn't (laughs) book a test on the 14 either (laughs) (laughs) um so the final one, which I found really interesting, was that when my mum was pregnant with me, she was getting kind of like from her Western and English friends, she was just getting loads of love and congratulations and people being mm-hmm. really excited about it. But then when she went to my dad's family when she was pregnant, um, like no one mentioned anything about the baby like nobody mentioned nobody congratulated her nobody mentioned anything about the baby and she was like this is a bit weird I don't really know why this is happening when she was used to everyone being like oh my god Melanie yeah you're glowing (laughs) (laughs) or whatever people say um but I researched it and um apparently (laughs) it's a vietnamese thing and vietnamese people refrain from complimenting a newborn or maybe some maybe about pregnancy as well um because spirits might become jealous and steal the baby interesting i wonder if this is connected with the whole evil eye thing do you have that as well is that just a middle eastern i don't have that so to ward off evil spirits not sure if the exact reason behind it but um, babies are are like given either jewelry with an with an eye on it like the blue you must have seen them like the I know the eye, circle yeah. with the the black dot in the middle so you're either given you you have to wear like a little pin with it on I still have them like my little baby jewelry with all the eyes all over them um because I think that's toward off evil spirits and we have them around our house too like they're like made out of glass and you hang them up on the walls and they're supposed I feel to be like you should, you should put a photo up yeah, maybe I should. Yeah. I'll take one. Yeah. Yeah. Do you still believe that then? No, something I wasn't, literally wasn't aware of until you just mentioned that. And I was like, oh, it's kind of the same. I feel like there's an overlap there with the baby thing. Like they're, they're worried about evil spirits. And so this eye like keeps the spirits away. 
Mm. We do believe in a lot of evil spirits too, like mythical creatures. It's very... Go for so it. So when you see an anthill, we tend to believe that it's where the elves dwell. No! So we, what? Yeah, so we acknowledge their presence and we say like a phrase in Tagalog when we pass by, sort of no just... No way. What's the phrase in Tagalog and then translate it? It's more like tabi tabi po. It's like, I don't even know how to say it. It's so sing-songy. It is. Tabi is like side, like I'm just passing by and I'm always a sign of respect. Oh, that's quite cute. I don't want to belittle it and I don't want to trivialise it, but it does sound quite cute because it's like, mm. I'm just nipping past, I'm not bothering you. Yeah. If you do, then if you piss them off, you could get <gasps> any, like bad luck or the baby will get possessed or something like yeah it's mm. quite, um, wow so you believe in like possession and i don't know how i feel about it i know someone like a cousin of mine who believed that she was possessed when she was young so i i just wow tend to remember that story and apparently like she she had like a masculine like really a completely different voice to her own and she was shaking throughout and so no one can really explain it so that was that was quite scary <laughs> but it happened to her um and also when you get lost in the forest you need to take your top off and wear it inside out, what? <laughs> out. yeah because um in the forest there are some um giant creatures we, we call them capre and they tend to just like just sit and hang out in trees with like less cigar and watching you in the forest and we need photos of that too <laughs> wait so there are, yeah. they just sit and hang out in trees smoking cigars that I, is the I best kind of spirit like, i'm pretty sure if there's one that's listening to me right now they're gonna be like how oh, dare gosh. you um, describe me like this but yeah it's um yeah so you 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 wear this shirt inside out to sort of lose your scent or you lose mm. you try and lose their attention so that you can find your way out again Stuff oh, like because that. you're at risk if you mm. have your scent there and they know you're there and yeah, they know you're lost. What do they do to people? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I Is it something you would do today? Yeah. If like we went for a hike and we were lost in the woods, would you take your <laughs> top off? Again, there is no harm. So. so is it still part of your life today? That's what I'm getting at. Um, no, I, I haven't done it myself. Okay. But I guess if I'm so desperate, I mean, why not, mm. right? Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Do you, so how much do you do you still fully believe in these uh kind of like the elves and the anthill and the spirits in the trees do you like strongly believe that i don't strongly believe in them but i don't dismiss them either mm. and i still respect people who believe them and if, if if i happen to be yeah like in the forest or in the province mm. i would be wary of them as well so i guess mm. i do to a certain extent believe it um, and does it come from like do you reckon it comes from like anything because it's not it doesn't seem like a religious thing it's more of like a folklore yeah it is it's just stories passed down um yeah from grandparents and relatives and you just i mean i, I was told them when i was a child and it's just ingrained in you i guess i don't know there's a certain vibe sometimes when you go out hiking in the philippines remember i was so scared to hike with you leylanda to, to climb yeah. that hill and i was yeah, like because yeah it was the way and you're like, no, it's fine. We can do it in an own. And I was like, oh, that's such a Western belief. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fine, wasn't it? It was fine. There were lots of people were fine. But it oh, so really you were fun. worried? So you worried about worried. the hike mm. in the yeah, Philippines? It, yeah, Layla agrees. Like she, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
that's also because there were stories about people things happening along the way wasn't that why or was this because of the it was more it was probably it was more like the mythical creatures no way april why didn't you tell me this at the time oh my god literally oh it's all making sense now and now you wonder why she came out and she was all snappy (laughs) (laughs) no i didn't realize i mean i was i thought we were fine i think there were loads of people everywhere yeah i think we got I think we got fiery to Galog April. We got oh, to come yeah. out. That was that was the true April right there. <laughs> anyway, next time tangent. April, just tell us. Yeah, just tell if us. If you ever have any weird things, like not weird, different things. Yeah. I, I, this is what I'm finding that I'm doing, which is wrong, and I need to challenge this. I'm. I was laughing earlier about the whole, uh, like spirits in in the trees it was the cigar thing that made me laugh i'll be honest it wasn't the trees it was the cigar um and i shouldn't laugh at it because it's something that's been in your culture for years and Mm. i completely respect it but just found it a bit comical about the cigar so sorry about that finding it comical doesn't necessarily mean disrespect it's just it it is it sounds ridiculous and it sounds comical but i i do think don't worry there wasn't any disrespect there okay it's just Um, i just thought i'd put it out there it's, it's just different and i suppose this is what we want to do right we want to talk about these things so it, so then if you are in that situation again april or any of us are we can be like actually it's something it's because of this this is why i feel that way and i feel like if we don't talk about it then no one will ever know that these things even exist so mm-hmm. we're trying yeah. to do but i think with that also comes the what maybe the main root of this is that in our country there's a sort of we kind of revere nature more that we feel like there's power over us humans kind of thing thinking and i don't know whether that's part of the folklore like there's something above us there's more it reminds me of moana if anyone's ever seen that film it reminds me of moana and actually i wonder if it's to do with like the way of life there because i felt that way more when i was living in mexico as well because people live off the land more they're more connected to it they're more just aware I'm totally generalizing here, but at least in the part of Mexico that I was living in, um, which is like the Mayan region, lots of people still connected to nature and like go to nature for for answers to things almost. Yeah. And I think there's less of that in the UK in like this industrialized society, I suppose, that mm. we live in. Yeah. I think it's it's less I'm, I'm again making generalizations but I feel like it's less spiritual when I think about my spiritual beliefs I feel like they're more towards like I don't if I do pray which is rare but if I do pray then I don't feel like I'm praying to a Christian god or mm. one specific person I feel like I'm praying to some higher being but it could be like a group and I, like yeah. I think it comes down to like it might be more of the Chinese Vietnamese side of like incense and feeling connected when incense is lit and also do you not find it interesting it's a recurring theme now that we don't know the reasons behind yes and I feel like we should it's, we should it's hard to track these aren't the kinds of conversations I have with my parents just they just don't come up so mm. It would be interesting to make notes. Actually, I should start doing that. All the things I wanted to ask my parents and then like go back afterwards and we can do a follow up for the listeners at some point. Yeah. One thing that I'm going to say is that I feel like with religion and I know that a lot of people um, 
are very strictly religious so pray at certain times in the day and fasting or you know certain customs that they have anyway I guess from my perspective I just feel like I don't know I don't want to say I don't want to offend people but I feel like you shouldn't need to prove that you are religious or spiritual because mm. it's your own interpretation of religion or of yeah you know your yeah. connection with that and so because I feel like I'm getting the vibe from April that she feels like she's taking her religion for granted and that the fact that her and and Layla the fact that your grandma's like praying for you and you're mm. not praying for her and you feel guilty but then every day you know you're grateful and surely that's something that I feel like will from my perspective anyway it's quite deepest but I feel like even though I'm not praying all the time I want to know that my grandma wherever she is um can like see that what I'm doing is because she's somewhere along the line giving me the gift to live so mm. so that's why like I think that's like a spiritual thing but I feel like somewhere they're like watching that's yeah, what I feel like I that too but I think for me I guess another way of seeing it is that it's not necessarily proving to oneself or proving to others it's more of a it's like a discipline isn't it it's like it's not just about what you think but it's what you do and yeah. what you do more matters kind of thing sometimes so it's yeah. that um and I guess that's only praying is just one form of doing anyway and you can you know practice your beliefs and be grateful in other ways that and in other ways yeah. that too so yeah. yeah where do we go from that guys well I was gonna say I think we've touched on this a little bit but like superstitions versus cultural traditions so mm. are there any cultural tra- traditions that form part of our life today um this is where the Spanish influence I think comes in for me um oh, especially okay. like Christmas time we have a lot from the Spanish so we go to like midnight mass and we run up to Christmas we have um, on the twenty. We celebrate Christmas on the twenty fourth, the eve. That's when we have our main meal with the family and friends. And then um, the All Saints Day is kind of like Day of the Dead. Yeah, so we spend the whole day um, at the cemeteries, just chilling mm. there. Just chilling at a cemetery. Who passed away? With your loved yeah. ones. I I do miss that part. I so know. what do you do at the cemetery then? We have a picnic. <laughs> Yeah, is it like is it like Day of the Dead? Like you celebrate that person's life. Yeah, but without the altars and mm. the offerings and stuff. Um, yeah, okay. it's more like a, a feast. Mm. But yeah, it's um, interesting that that overlaps. Yeah, it is. And then when we we tend to show respect to the elderly by you've seen me do this. So you take the the elders elderly's right hand and you do like a bless and then you put it touch it lightly on your forehead when you like visit someone you go to someone's mm-hmm. house and when you, you you pass by them on the street when you see an elderly person you mm-hmm. acknowledge like oh hi and then you just do that with I their is oh with their hand yeah so you ask for their blessing oh okay Where? so their <laughs> hand touches your forehead you you, yeah. you hold their hand and touch it to your forehead yeah, sorry I didn't explain it properly okay. yeah. no just because I know the listeners won't be able to see the action that you're doing right now <laughs> that is a very good point <laughs> but I wonder if that's a way because do you kiss in your culture like um to say hello so that's almost like an equivalent of like the kissing tradition which 
Yeah. Oh, so you don't kiss in your culture? No, we don't. Except we only do it for elderly people. Mm. Like a respect thing. Yeah. There's that respect thing again. Yeah. Kind of referring back to the upbringing episode. But the one dodgy thing here is, um, where is the line on being elderly? Like, what makes someone elderly? Because do you just get to, like, 70 and then instantly (laughs) you're old and you have your your you know some person some stranger coming up to you and punching your head like that (laughs) i know it's not punching it's a gentle punch yeah if if you see if you see them like with white if it's their like grandmothers grandfathers definitely but even sometimes if it's just auntie not sometimes actually even aunties we do it to my aunties yeah but it, it depends on the relation it's not the age it depends on their relationship with you yeah. Um, yeah and the last one I have is it's I don't know if this is tradition but it's normal to show up late to everything mm. fashionably late wow fashionably late. it's like the Spanish I think interesting I don't yeah. think we intentionally show up late but it's definitely not emphasized that you need to show up on time Okay, so for the people who know me, you know that I'm late to everything. And I wonder if this is part of my culture. (laughs) Just excuses here. Um, But I think, yeah, actually, both sides of my family, we don't really put that much emphasis on arriving on time. Like my mum does, which is interesting. But my family in Bahrain, yeah, we just arrive when we want to. We're aware of the time and we try not to be too late, but it's like, it's almost like a window yeah. Like you say this time, but you know, window like, four hours. Well, you know, there's like yeah. this accepted window. Like, you know, if you're going for lunch, you don't want to be too late. But then I've been to lunch at people's houses in Bahrain and like an uncle has arrived like an hour late, but that's fine. So I think mm-hmm. it's mm. very relaxed. Yeah. I was just going to say that there's a bit of a uh, contrast because my dad is not just a maths Nazi, but he's also a time Nazi. Mm. And I'll just reflect on the one time, which was hilarious. He is so strict with time and he gets really agitated and angry when he is waiting to drive us to somewhere or we're all late. And I can understand that because that Mm. would be annoying if you were the person driving, if you were going to meet someone and you were going to be late. He is always, he's like, has to be on time. But once we had this wedding to go to and we were all, so me and my brother and my mum were all getting ready for this wedding. But my dad was really chilled out. And we were like, why is he so chilled out? And then he realised his watch was broken. And so he was really late. And I was, I was like, went into this mad panic. It was the best thing ever. I just had to share that story. That's amazing. And, but it contrasts with the fact that my auntie and uncle, so my dad's brother and his wife, he used to show up like, I don't know, like four hours late to s- sometimes and would just say, oh, sorry, we're just running, we're just running a bit behind. And then we'd be like, the whole day is gone. What is going on here? And then it'd be in Costco's or something, like stocking up on, yeah. on God knows what. But okay, maybe Chinese people love a bargain, honestly. It's also, not, I think it's that sense of urgency maybe is just not there. I mean, four hours is ridiculous. Like, I hope oh, I would never okay. turn up four hours late to anything. But yeah like half an hour here and there oh, yeah. sorry i know it's some people like will hate ask... me for it <laughs> <laughs> but if you ask yeah if you if you you invite people over like if you're in a filipino community you invite people you say six expect them to turn up at seven mm-hmm. and that's like everyone knows it but we're just saying six so when you want them to turn up earlier you say five <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah i'll keep that in mind for next time April. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go quick fire because i've got 
I've got quite a bit to cover because I've got a bit of British and a bit of Chinese and a bit of Vietnamese. Mm. So I'm going to go quick fire. Okay. okay. Vietnamese sniff kissing. Mm. This is a basically, I feel like it's only a dad to a daughter or a granddad to a daughter. Maybe my grandma used to do it, but just a big sharp sniff on. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Every time you describe this, <laughs> it's just a big sharp sniff on uh, your. Do you want to demonstrate? I can I can demonstrate a a noise (laughs) I don't know how this is going to come across in someone's ear but it's just it's just like a (laughs) it's It's a short short staccato sniff and that um is from yeah from like a a a daughter to a dad my dad does it sometimes now Mm. and it's like a it's like a sweet thing he does anyway sniff kisses um which is apparently only a Vietnamese and a Thai thing. So hmm. I've embarrassed myself before by asking other people from other cultures, like Malaysia, whether it's done and it isn't. It's, I've noted that. Queuing, um, mm-hmm. British. Mm-hmm. Do we do queuing in your cultures? Nope. Mm, I want to say no, but I'm not sure. I feel like if we had to, we would. Yeah, if we're told to. Yeah, I don't. If it has a sign saying queue here, (laughs) then you queue. Well, I don't even know if we would then, yeah. (laughs) We don't know. Actively telling us to like form a queue. You need need the ropes there to like tell (laughs) you to form. Exactly, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Actually, yeah, Daniel, how do you feel when when you go abroad and they don't queue? I hate it. Okay, this is what I was going to ask. But <laughs> get when I was in Spain, I realised that it just doesn't happen. So when you go mm. to the bus, it's just like fight your way in. And then it, it, I've got used to it now because uh, after living in London, I feel like you just have to just mm. get what you can get and you just have to push your way in, which is horrible, but that's just the way it is. So mm. I've, a bit, I've loosened up a bit with that. Also, if you go to China, mm-hmm. that is also something I learned whilst living in China, that you have to like fight your way through otherwise you don't get anything that you want like if you don't get a seat on the train or on the yeah. bus sometimes you don't even get in the train or the bus because <laughs> everyone else is pushed in front of you actually and in mexico that's a thing so not okay. just China. which is very interesting that these things happen in collectivist cultures mm. it's supposedly be more like let's be there work together yeah, yeah interesting um, so that kind of relates to politeness so politeness is definitely something that you would expect in usually in English culture less so mm. in London but depends um, and usually it's polite so you go in and you're taught if you work in a shop you're taught to say hello say thank you say please and that's from a young age if you go to a Chinese restaurant it's the opposite end of the spectrum and I've just learned to accept that Chinese mm. supermarket exactly the same I went to buy a moon cake and the woman didn't even acknowledge that I was there and so I just sarcastically went thank you bye and that's what I tend to do now um what about you guys I I don't I don't know it's really difficult this one because in Bahrain a lot of the people who work in those kinds of jobs are actually Filipino or from mm. other or Indian so they're taught to be really polite um but here i i sometimes feel so i don't know how you guys feel about this but when i go to someone's house and they're too polite i feel uncomfortable and i think that's a really english thing to be like very it might not be just an english thing maybe a western thing to be like 
Maybe not a Western thing. I think like, it's an English be, thing. Yeah, but this also happened to me in Australia um, with one friend out there, not, not the friend I stayed with, but th- when someone's so polite that you go into their house and you feel like you can't help yourself to a glass of water or yeah. like you... I don't know if you want to like wash up your dish. I know like, okay, fine. You're a guest in their house, but I hate feeling like too much of a guest, especially with friends. I get if we're like acquaintances, maybe we don't know each other that well, but if it's with a friend, I would expect that I could go into their kitchen and get a glass of water. Like at your house at April, when we went to visit your parents, like mm-hmm. I could happily like walk into your kitchen and get myself a glass of water. Yeah. I'd feel fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so when people are like, oh no, you're the guest, sit down, sit down. Oh, I'm I like, hate oh, that so no. much. So it's like the opposite effect, that politeness, you know, like it has the opposite effect on me. I think it's like an over politeness in the in the UK sometimes. Mm-hmm. I say the, the UK, I mean England because I haven't, I've been to Scotland. I guess, I don't know, maybe it applies to the UK, but there's like an over politeness and I've written here, um, someone will bash into you and then you'll say sorry yeah. or if someone asks you for a cigarette or a lighter you say sorry I don't smoke yeah. it's just like we're always apologizing uh, yet I... oh sorry go on no I was just gonna say I think that's a general theme in the UK from my experience anyway is that like people just love to apologize all the time and it's actually it's polite to apologize when someone else does something wrong yeah yeah I agree. make them feel comfortable at doing because they've done something wrong and you don't want them to feel uncomfortable that's the impression I get maybe maybe that's what it is but I find it really funny because it's so fakely and over the top with the apologizing mm-hmm. and with like being polite that it is also so close to being passive aggressive mm-hmm. so you can just be like so, so 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 many times I walk through the door and if someone walks through this doesn't happen anymore because of COVID and distancing but like if someone doesn't hold the door for you or if you hold the door for somebody else they don't say thank you mm. you then go thank you like you d- have you ever done that is that just me you have yeah but that's like, like a passive, a, that's definitely a passive aggressive thing rather than uh, I'm trying to be polite by saying thank you to you you should no it isn't it isn't but it's expecting that they're yeah. gonna have the same over politeness as you yeah <laughs> yeah that's true I may have overdone this before did I tell you I once said thank you to a chair <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think you did mention this to us oh god oh april it's reflex yeah it's reflex it definitely is in the same way that a lot of english people we usually wouldn't complain in a restaurant so my mum and dad Mm. i say my mum and dad my dad's from a different culture but he follows my mum in this just sitting and not complaining like if your steak is not cooked the way you want it just say Mm. (laughs) this is where i differ uh maybe because i've worked in a lot of uh like I've worked in um, shops for years and then I also worked in a cinema and when you work in customer service and you pay money that you've worked so hard to earn, then if you go into a restaurant and the food is inedible, then just say something because otherwise you're going to leave and you're going to feel unhappy and then you're going to speak to all your friends about how the meal made you unhappy and you're going to make them feel unhappy Mm -hmm. and it could just be a quick fix. I think you should I mean there's levels I think of complaining Mm. I sometimes I think people can complain too much about being I don't know I haven't noticed this as much here but again when we go to Bahrain and we go to restaurants sometimes if things aren't perfect like we will complain about it 
and it's almost like I don't know in certain situations I think there's no need for it if you're gonna do it in a way that upsets the person like the server or um whoever you're complaining to then sometimes I'm like it's just better to it just goes back to what you were saying April about like nipping it in the bud and like not making a big like causing a scene if actually it's gonna hurt the other person so I think there's like yes you should complain but also I've been in situations where the person that I'm with has complained so much that I'm like oh this is really unnecessary you don't need to complain about this so and it makes you feel uncomfortable uncomfortable. Mm. I don't like that either I I find it really just yeah there's a a fine line because you don't want to disrespect that person because it's definitely not their fault so quick fire again um saying cheers is something which I feel is has been in every single language so far I've not noticed every kind of language that I've I don't speak every language but every time I've had a drink with um someone from a different culture there's always been some sort of cheers mm. it's, which is interesting I find it's like a universal thing yeah, yeah. is it universal there. though I don't know maybe but it looks from my experience again everywhere I go, apart from those who well this is what I was gonna say like I I don't know if we have something like that another one that I need to ask my parents you do it with about tea? no because you don't cheers tea do you no. I wonder if we have a word for it because like the culture you just don't uh, Turkish might but in Arabic I don't know I'll find out Very or in Iranian so many questions from this episode mm. yeah. um and I think I'm going to stop there because there's loads of other things. Okay, well, mine are a bit random, I think. Something that um, relates to what you said earlier, April, about the the hand on the forehead, for the mm-hmm. elders, as a sign of respect. I think we do that with kissing, but actually we don't do it just to elders. Like, everyone we meet or greet, you should kiss on the cheek. We do it twice. And actually both cultures, both sides of the family do it um yeah it doesn't matter who it is you should kiss them once on each cheek so even she so even people you just met yeah well I mean if you say you were invited to someone's house in Bahrain this is and someone like you should go around and greet every person don't do it all the time but I think especially if they're like aunties or like el not elders what's the word like older than you someone that you should respect yeah Yeah, then you should go and kiss them on the cheek twice and some like I don't know if it's the Iranian part they yeah this is a thing with some aunties or some parts of the family in Bahrain I don't know if they they take on more the Iranian um tradition of you I think it's four times or five I don't know I don't know the number but that's the thing I don't know so I just go with it until they stop (laughs) and then so I know there's one auntie in particular who does it like more than twice and I'm always like oh shit is she gonna do it this time twice or is she gonna do it more than twice and I kind of just like go with it and see but they're usually quite forceful like it's like like they go for it so you know you know when it's coming yeah okay so I thought kissing is really interesting and the number of kisses because I know that's obviously a thing that's present in other cultures but the number differs it's in Mexico it's just one and I remember going there I always have to remind my every time I go I have to remind myself that it's only one and every time I go back to Bahrain my brain then gets used to the fact that I've just been to Mexico and it's been one and I have to remember that it's twice minimum (laughs) it's just like (laughs) it's so confusing 
so confusing. And then in Spain, it's two, isn't it? I don't know. I think Spain it's two. I remember. remember. I think it was two. Any listener, feel free to correct us. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so anyway, there's just that. And um, another thing I think actually uh, we do quite a lot, not so much now because of COVID, but the coffee cup reading, which I've mentioned to you guys before, I think, oh, yeah. yes. um, which I love. That's like one tradition that I really enjoy. We don't do it every time. My grandparents, my granddad usually insists that we have Turkish coffee together. And then either he will or my grandma, they decide, they like chat amongst themselves and they're like, who wants to do it this time, like to read my coffee cup? Um, yeah, April. My question, question is, do you need to learn this then to pass on the, like someday it's going to be you, huh? Well, this is the thing. I feel like it's something I would love to learn, but I don't know if I can. I don't know if I have those skills. Like my mum has actually tried to learn it herself so she can pass it on, but she also feels like my grandparents are the experts. So yeah, maybe mm -hmm. they need to teach us. And also there's not, I wonder how much of it they just make up on the spot and how much of it is, is based on the actual like tradition. How does it work? Because you mentioned coffee. I know that yeah. I know tea leaf reading is a thing, but I didn't know it was a thing with coffee. So what do you read? So the way they make, I think it's, it depends on how you make your coffee, but Turkish coffee, you, you make it in a, like, a small pot that you put on the stove and it only fits one well it depends you get different sizes but it either fits one it cup's worth of water yeah it's like a little pot yeah you make it in that and essentially when you you have to pour it into your cup really quickly afterwards so there's still grounds in it and the grounds fall to the bottom of the cup so by the time you finish drinking they've all kind of sunk to the bottom and this is the thing that i get wrong often you need to know how much liquid you need to leave a tiny bit of liquid in the cup to be able to like you you kind of swirl the cup around and then turn it upside down on your saucer and then you leave it for a few minutes for it to like dribble down the sides but if you put too much water then too much dribbles out and then you've you've lost what they can read mm. because all of it's like in the bottom of the saucer so I, i'm still trying to perfect that but then you give the cup to that the saucer to them and they so you read the saucer the so in tea leaf read no no you read so they take the saucer and then they lift the cup up and they look at the bottom of the cup and whatever okay. on the side. So, so it's always, I don't know, sometimes I actually do think some of it really does come true. I know this is just like probably coincidence, but there's always like, also maybe because I go away often, but my grandma's always like, oh, you're going to leave us and go far away. <laughs> <laughs> or like you have m many roads forming on the side of your cup, which means you have many options of things to do. And, you know, they'll pick up on things like you will receive good news in the post. <laughs> Random things like that. that Sounds like a fortune cookie. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's basically mm -hmm. like telling your fortune, but they would never say anything bad. It's always good stuff. So I, that's why I often wonder, like, how much are they making up? <laughs> and like manifesting for me mm. um or just making general comments about someone who travels yeah. a lot exactly so, and because they yeah. know me i guess it's what so. you believe though isn't it mm. it's I all about belief again i enjoy it i think it, it's something that i kind of don't want to lose mm. so and also just like the ritual of drinking turkish coffee with them is just so nice um, i'd love it if you made us turkish them. coffee <gasps> yes i actually it. had one yesterday so good i should mm. Okay, I have like a, just like a few other small things on my list that I won't elaborate on too much, but things in the house, like, I think this is, might be a general Asian thing, covering sofas with throws or like with plastic, but my grandparents just do it. There's no plastic on them anymore. It's just they cover them with throws and they only take them off for special occasions. 
Yeah, I get that. It's practical, isn't it? Because it doesn't get all dirty. Yeah, but dirty. then you like they've got gorgeous sofas under the throws that we never see, only like maybe once a year. It does make sense. I guess it's practical. Yeah. Um, and another thing, we also have these like lace. Oh, I should have brought one as an example. They're like lace. They're almost like placemats but you put them on, oh, do you have this too? You put them on like dressing tables or like side tables. I don't know what, it, if they protect the table, you can put them on the side of the sofa, like on the arms, armrests to like protect the armrests. Ah, oh, Danielle's I, I I don't have it, not in this house, but definitely my grandma's house. Mm. There was, that was like everywhere. I don't know why that, where does that ring a bell? It's like I've seen it before or like, I remember the texture of, Oh, do you ever just have like a bit of a flashback? Yeah. And then just like you go back to like years ago where you were on your grandma's sofa and then there was like a where was that? Maybe it was on the table. So it's like really it? nice texture, like mm. lace texture around the edges. Like lacy, yeah. It's yeah. like well, I'm confused. So when we talk about lace like primarily the white lace I have. Yeah, there. it's white and you, you just get them in different sizes and you just put them all over the house essentially. Okay. We don't have as many now, we're trying to get rid of them, but yeah my mom said it's something she used to do and I know my grandma has them on like her dressing table I don't know maybe it's like to protect the wood or the table I, I think it's more for decor we have that too but I didn't notice it being so apparent some households do some households don't I it's not a western thing though I don't no, think I don't think I think so we'll I see only, <laughs> yeah we'll see any listeners out there you can let us know if this is a, some, something that you also do and the last thing on my list is um, breakfast. I feel like I didn't cover this in the food episode. Yeah. Breakfast is super important and you don't, it's it's almost like a, a respect thing. Like if someone stays at your house, you should give them a big breakfast. Like, I mean, nowadays I just offer my friends cereal, but traditionally you should, you know, go full on Turkish and have, you should have like a selection of feta cheese and egg, toast like jam lots of different jams like even if they're not hungry just have it out there spread <laughs> for people to help themselves too <laughs> and that's like i think that's a traditional thing and that happens in bahrain as well actually you know you can't go back now leila saying that so i expect a more... <laughs> i don't that's expect cereal no cereal anymore no. <laughs> i'll be disappointed i'll be disappointed if i have cereal at your house we should definitely have a full-on <laughs> turkey it's not just turkish i think it's a middle eastern thing like in bahrain my auntie will prepare like every morning when we stay there she will we will go out and there will be a whole spread of food it's just so, so good. good like how do we see these things in today's world and like going forward yeah because i feel like some of my traditions in the philippines well i can speak like, I'm yeah. from experience and from my observations but certain elements of it are definitely disappearing and i kind of feel sad about that for example when i went back uh, for Christmas and I was telling my boyfriend I was almost like super proud of it and like gloating about it that oh you're gonna be so amazed with like the lanterns and stuff and the streets are lit up and the houses they make such an effort during Christmas and then we arrived last year and it was pretty empty and dark so I was like what happened oh. but it was my very first Christmas home after 16 years so obviously something oh. happened I feel like nowadays as we go modern we are doing things more now out of convenience than mm. out of tradition. I've noticed a lot of traditions maybe to do with food that we don't necessarily do anymore in the UK because my grandparents are 
getting older and they are more tired and they don't necessarily like cook the meals that they used to. Um, so yeah, I think that's something that I'm sad about losing. And like you said, it like with the coffee cup thing, if I don't learn them myself or my, my parents don't, and my mom doesn't, mm -hmm. there's no way of like keeping that going. Um, so I think we have, yeah, adapted, which I guess is understandable. You adapt it, don't you, to your life. It's just yeah, a different way of living to like how our grandparents used to live. Yeah, I guess you adapt it based on, there's so many different reasons why you might adapt it, but um, convenience is one. Um, like, I think there's something there about like modern thinking as well. Mm. Like some things start to feel outdated, but it's strange that there are still things like, I don't know, uh, walking under a ladder that is still something that you would still follow blindly and you don't know why you just mm. do it and it, I think that fear of something happening with regards to superstitions I think that will keep superstitions going for a lot longer but only if you pass them on right so if yeah. you then have kids and speak to them about it and apply it to their lives otherwise it would just fade away surely it's true but the fact that today what well, I mean one like interesting lesson really is the fact that we haven't been conscious of a lot mm. of the um traditions and superstitions that we've had until yeah. we sat down like I actually had to google traditions for um well, I had to speak to my parents I had to google traditions like English traditions or British traditions to see which ones I actually do mm. because mm. you're just not conscious of it and if you're not conscious of it then there's much more of a chance that you're going to pass it on to your kids because you're doing it unknow unknowingly yeah. and it still has that meaning for you. Yeah. But it's the reason behind it that we tend to, if you're unconscious, uh, if it's like you're not conscious of it and you tend to just model that behavior and kids would, I guess, do it, do it too without ever discussing why. Mm. And that's why I think these can get... Um, I don't say problem no not problematic but like lost almost huh lost like lost yeah yeah you don't know where it's coming from mm. yeah it's like two extremes if you if you if it's subconscious and it's something that's affecting you not realizing it you might just pass it on to your children unknowingly mm. and then they will pass it on because they will never question it but it's yeah. only at times like this when we actually sit and talk about it that we think oh this is different we're doing things that are different from each other and we're not even yeah. aware of that and we were like some of it was funny as well but we would never know and therefore it might not have that same meaning like you said april it might not have that same meaning mm. for us and then maybe we might not maybe we might drop it eventually or mm. maybe we might not pass it on to our children yeah what i found really quite enlightening was that it also shows how much we have in common like when Leila said don't cut your nails at night there must be something there. there's a shared belief that we don't talk about often across cultures that must come from folk folklore surely or from but how did that folklore get from all the way from I don't know where like Bahrain or Turkey I'm not sure all the way over to the Philippines like how did that get there but there are things all over the world like I think that's that's something I've noticed whilst traveling so there's so many similarities in different cultures that you don't you don't think about until yeah. you're made aware yeah. of it by like living that I found that in Mexico like a lot although it's like a totally different culture a lot of it made me feel at home because it reminded me of like my culture in Bahrain even though it was so different yeah. um 
but it's not even the the practices itself it's the what i'm trying to get at is like the it's like for some reason certain cultures like asian and mess in mexico oh my god what kind of culture are they mexico mesoamerican i was gonna say mesoamerican but that's yeah yeah, i don't know it's like there's almost like it's it's as if certain cultures we feel more susceptible to to bad luck than western cultures or like we, we put an emphasis on it more i don't know i don't know really whereas i, I haven't really I thought know. about that oh, because yeah. i think because when coming from both cult like i don't i do come from both cultures but obviously I, I was raised here so i feel like maybe a lot of the traditions are brought from this side from english but kind of sitting in the middle i've realized that there seems to be equal bad luck and good luck superstitions and traditions that we do but but the emphasis i think is quite different like we hold so much more like even maybe turn it around we want to be prosperous and we want longevity and we want i don't think in western i don't know i, I, could I think you're right i think you're right you mean that there's a focus on there's more of a focus on the negatives in british culture like the bad luck side is that what no, you mean I, I feel like british culture is much more relaxed about it like oh when something bad happens you wouldn't really you would just say oh yeah shit happens or oh yeah you would mm. process it but differently whereas in you wouldn't think that you were certain, cursed yeah in certain cultures we put so much more weight in it or we just think everything's kind of external this external force there that we acknowledge mm. as well so maybe that comes from the whole like individual did you say individualist and collectivist, collectivist? I don't know because if it's collectivist it's something that's commonly believed and it's like an outside like an external force that's affected you and you don't have control over it as an individual I'd say maybe so. that that's a good explanation for it but I also wonder if it's just the cultures like the culture in the Philippines and like the culture in Mexico is still quite um rich and not that I'm saying I'm not saying the British culture isn't but it's still it hasn't been like I want to say watered down like it hasn't it's still quite prevalent and there's not when you're there you're not I don't know if this is to do with like mixing of cultures like when you go to Mexico it's you mainly meet Mexicans and but like here in the UK or at least in London like there's so many different cultures I wonder if it's something to do with that like feel the fact that there's such a mix here it's hard to kind of stick mm. to your own that's true that is a really interesting way of looking at it yeah that is a reason or i don't know yeah and it's strange because... how like uh, from my perspective and this is no offense whatsoever to the folklore beliefs that are still kind of prevalent to me from coming from like a, a more western society those seem more like outdated and more primitive but yet that's not true that's just because of where you place kind of your connection with the mm. environment and with like mm. the nature and the beauty of nature um i don't know what you guys think about that but yeah even the folklore i think a lot of people in the philippines including myself we do acknowledge that it's outdated and primitive and we are we do laugh at it ourselves but it's still something that we not hold true not necessarily hold true but we know that it's a part of our culture and there's nothing wrong with slightly believing in it or like doing things that you need to do but yeah so I just want to point that out even when you wouldn't tell Layla the true reason I think (laughs) there's like some shame connected to it but there shouldn't be at all and yeah there shouldn't be and it's me it's like questioning myself it comes from a lack of 
uh, understanding of folklore mm. because I don't have a connection with it personally. But I feel like I've learned so much just in this episode about yeah. like the beliefs that are still out there. Mm. Yeah, which makes it all the more interesting. Mm, definitely. Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the episode and would love to hear your opinions. Send us an email at britishwithadash at gmail.com or drop us a DM on Instagram at britishwithadash. Remember, that's at britishwithadash. Please share, like and follow. Until next time.